Hello, welcome back to the Midnight Quill podcast. In our third episode, we're talking about description. I'm one of your hosts, Tegan, also known as TC Emerus. I'm a writer, professional ghostwriter, and fiction editor. My debut short story collection, The Weight of Rain, was released last year. Now over to my co-hosts. My name is Maisie Osborne. I'm primarily a screenwriter, but I also dabble in poetry. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm a proofreader and poet. I've contributed to Insider Zine and can also be found on my Instagram at amysmithy and my website, sightofthestars.com. So let's talk about description. Um, in our first episode, Show Don't Tell, we talked about exposition. Um, and for our listeners, I'll define that again. Um, narrative exposition is the insertion of background information, basically. Um, it's also called an info dump. It can be anything about the setting or the characters' backstories or prior plot events, uh, historical context, that kind of thing. So... How can we describe an event or character without falling into the trap of info dumping? Um, I think it's really hard. I think, mm. I think a good way to start is to focus just on one detail, especially if it's like what you hope is a dramatic opening scene, something uh, gnarly or um, really beautiful or like mm. something evocative. Um, I think focusing on just one detail. Um, I know people hate on you know, opening with the weather, but I actually quite like the weather. I'm just putting it out there. I like to know that it was sunny or that it wasn't or that there was a pathetic fallacy. I like that. I find that quite an easy way into a novel. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you start a novel and you're like, that first line has just knocked me. I like knowing that it was a bit sunny. I don't think that's okay. I have to agree with that, but only because my book is literally called The Weight of Rain and, it, and it's all about <laughs> it raining and people being <laughs> sad. And so <laughs> I have to agree. I like to think of it like the, the beginning of Mrs. Dalloway, where there's that huge, beautiful section through London of all that description and all mm. these beautiful images. But like they they're not for no reason. Like yeah. all of those images are so beautiful and you you know about the lovely pathetic fallacy weather and and what people are doing in the park and stuff but they have a purpose it's not it's not for no reason it's it's setting the scene and also the tone which I think is quite important when you describe you don't want to just go into the fine details of what wool was used on someone's sweater but Mm. what matters absolutely I think that's I think that's really important it has to have a reason to be there to not be like an info dump basically yeah so that leads me on to the next thing I wanted to talk about which is describing characters Um, a beginner's tendency might be just to list their characters features on introduction which is something that I find really frustrating so you introduce your main character she had brown hair blue eyes and was tall this is obviously not very engaging so how can we pepper the image of a character throughout the story or do you think maybe it's not necessary to describe a character's physicality? I feel like the great joy of reading is that despite what is written you're still in control as a reader and so even even if a writer tells me that the character's got blonde hair um, I don't have to believe that like that's that's your that's your right as a reader. You don't have to you don't have to believe or agree with anything. And also, platinum ashy. You know, I need the I need the finer detail. Mm. Um, which I guess comes back to Roland Bart. You know, if you mm. want to 
if you want to talk about it as like criticism theory, which every English student of university <laughs> level has probably had to read Roland Barthes, um, and rightly so, like it's, it's a cracking essay. Um, but so, it is true. At, at what point is description, you know, unnecessary? Mm. So for our listeners, um, Roland Barthes wrote an essay called The Death of the Author, which is a sort of um, he- heavily leaned upon essay about authorial intent and um, whether the reader can sort of make up their own mind or, you know, it's a really interesting read. So if you haven't read it, uh, go and check it out. It, you, you might find that it influences the way you write and read. I think just hopping on the back of what Maisie said about imagining hair color and stuff so much of the time like I don't imagine a fully forward person Mm. if if I'm picturing the scene in my mind it's kind of almost like hazy it doesn't matter those fine details the descriptors that I personally as a reader and writer that I enjoy are the ones that inform like their actions or like why they've done it in a certain way like Mm. uh, thinking back to like GCSEs when like you read about like Lenny and stuff and like you know he's strong and that has an impact on the way he does things the way he touches Mm. things the way he lifts things and stuff like that like that's what I find interesting about like character description not how curly her hair was or yeah how nice his beard was if there isn't a reason for you to mention an attribute like you say with Lenny's strength is obviously really important to what happens in the story um then you don't need to. It's, and you have to think of it like, especially with first person narrative, if I was sitting here and describing the two of you, would I say, you know, Amy made a great point and then moved her brown hair and, you know, like that you wouldn't, would you? Because that's really, it's a really odd way to sort of talk about someone, especially someone that you already know. Um, mm. And there's there's a great um, Facebook group. Actually, this is a slight tangent, but it's worth it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a great Facebook group called She Breasted Boobily. so it's um, a spin-off of a subreddit called R slash Men Writing Women, and it's basically <laughs> this tendency, especially in romance and erotica. But, but even like in sort of literary classics, we find these quotes as well of men being like you know um she walked into a room her breasts bouncing or something and you just think that's <laughs> just not it's not necessary to describe that so why have you um yeah it's it's weird isn't it this sort of um tendency to point out tiny things that aren't actually relevant to the plot and I think it's far more interesting to point out something about a character that's actually going to be interesting to their character you know the way they react to a certain situation rather than the yeah. fact that you know she's got boobs like okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay so let's talk about metaphors um do you think there's a place for metaphors in prose as well as poetry and what goes right and wrong with them i think there's a place for everything genuinely mm. i know that sounds really naff think I think there shouldn't be rules there are just traditions there's traditions of writing and I just feel like writing should be brutal and beautiful do you know what I mean that's all it is it doesn't matter how you get to that that conclusion it just needs to be good (laughs) Um, lovely I like that thanks I I just thought um I agree. I wrote in my notes when I was thinking about this about honesty 
Um, mm. Because I think sometimes some metaphors can come across as maybe insincere in that they're pushing an image that maybe isn't, yeah, an image that isn't quite truthful to what would be like loose quote marks real. Um, yeah, I think as long as the metaphor, the simile you're using is is trying to convey something that feels like natural, feels right, feels like it's reflecting what you want it to do. As long as the metaphor or the simile is really authentic and crisp mm. and sharp, that image will come through, whether that's in prose or in poetry. I mm. think it's, I think it has the opportunity to be really beautiful. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Yeah. So I think one of the challenges that beginner writers will often have is making metaphors feel authentic. There's a, like a, a real tendency to go for cliches like her skin was porcelain or her fingers were ice you know Mm. um and I just wondered if you guys could offer some insight into avoiding cliches when you're writing metaphors for me when I use uh, metaphors and similes I kind of try and think of it as um like a route to like a like an idea or like an abstract so if that 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 metaphor or something that I'm using is overused it's guiding you to a specific thing that might not be quite what you're wanting I think something that can really help with using those kind of techniques is is try and think outside the box mm. almost think of what's the complete opposite of it and how mm. can I use that what's mm. something I can absolutely twist on its head or something that's so specific and so unique that it feels new and true to what I want to say that's a really good point. Yeah, I like that. I think the other thing that's important to remember that a lot of people forget, especially when they're just starting out, is that the first draft of any sentence you write, including a metaphor, is just the first draft and it should be changed along the way, you know. Um, so if you write a cliche metaphor, like her fingers were ice, then that's okay. You can come back later and change it up. You know, that's fine. I think it's really important to let your writing be bad at first I think it's it's important just to get it down and if it is a cliche okay let's let's dissect that later Mm -hmm. let's deal with that that's a future me problem (laughs) editing editing me can worry about that Um, I think it's something that we're going to come back to in one of our future episodes. We're going to talk about self-editing with uh, Maddie, one of our co-hosts, and um, your editor, Anneli. Uh, You can find her on Instagram. Um, Both are editors just like me. We're going to be talking about how you can edit your own stuff and then send it to an editor as well, because you need the feedback. (laughs) Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about metaphors. Um, let's talk a bit about similes now. I'm going to give the definition for any of our listeners who don't know. So a simile is saying that something is like something else, whereas a metaphor is saying that something is something else. So what are some reasons that we should choose similes over metaphors or vice versa? What's the the difference in using them in description, basically? I feel like a simile is a little bit more passive, you're mm. saying it's it's not this thing but it's like this thing that mm. it, you know um whereas a metaphor for me is a little bit more take it or leave it it's you can interpret it as as you want um and the level to, the degree to which you agree with it being mm. what it's saying is again comes back to Rona Bar. it's like you decide as the reader whether you agree with it you know so I was reading up a little bit about 
similes and metaphors yesterday as you do just you know casual friday afternoon stuff um (laughs) (laughs) and there was this person on youtube um speaking for readsy which is a a really useful website for for writing prompts actually if if you um are stuck for ideas which i often am um about how similes create a level of distance between the audience and so you should um you should avoid them basically because um it draws attention to the fact that the reader is reading a book more so than a metaphor according to this person so oh that's interesting interesting. what do you you guys think about that (laughs) Mm. i don't know if i agree yeah Mm. but personally when i read a simile i kind of take it more like flexibly in that like take it or leave it sense but also Mm. in like a it's obviously not that Mm. it's it's very clearly not what you're referring to so it kind of it helps me visualize it more as if it is real personally because you have like a a different point to compare it to than as if it was pure description describing and like the way someone moved or the way someone's hair is I think personally maybe I'd find that more fictiony mm. than just reading a comparison yeah yeah I, I do see what they mean I think it's that sort of um it takes you back to school almost and you're sort of watching it definitely out the can have the feeling of like this is a device yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they meant but I agree with you that I think it all comes down to how subtly you do it really doesn't it um if, if it's the only thing you've got to say about this character in the moment and like like we said earlier it doesn't have a reason you know yeah you're just going her hair was as yellow as the sun for example and it's not really got any reason to to be there then it's going to stick out as a as a sort of literary device and you're going to recognize it and think oh that's a bit of naff um but if it's done subtly and it's done nicely then what's wrong it's beautiful it? yeah it's exactly. good yeah it's such like a fine balance between like jarring and like mm. gut punching yeah <laughs> like yeah. like all the world's a stage damn but yeah. like anything else in that like sentence could have been just so wrong and out of place like yeah. it, it, it has so much power but also so much potential to go wrong yeah mm. definitely not to put people off from using them <laughs> <laughs> but I think people are already put off from using them and that's kind of you know with this episode I wanted to give people a bit of confidence to use some imagery because um when we were doing show don't tell um we were talking about I think it is really common now to want to just tell the story which is fine and we did talk about you know how you can just tell sometimes and that's all right but I think people are scared to attempt metaphors if they feel that their writing isn't maybe poetic enough or whatever and and so they just leave it out but it's okay try it definitely <laughs> <the> right metaphors <laughs> am I just advertising metaphors now who's paying me <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. And that's, you know, that is where the craft of writing really comes in, doesn't it? That's where it is something that you have to work at. It's the trying and the failing and the trying again. Um, So, yeah, definitely give it a go. Uh, In that same video, um, the person giving the video was talking about abstract words and saying that they're actually not as descriptive as using simpler words. Um, So, for example, her smile was like happiness. 
isn't as descriptive this person was arguing because everyone will visualize something different do you agree with that because i i don't (laughs) (laughs) i think it's bollocks (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, because because it it really does come back down to that thing of you are the reader you are Mm. in control when you are reading that book what the author meant is nothing it don't matter anymore it's, it's gone especially if they're dead you know it's really gone um uh, so you know i i think sometimes abstract words make for stronger imagery and yeah. that is what you are trying to portray in a book or a poetry anything you know um so no I don't, I don't think i agree with that very much i think sometimes using an abstract like that can push characterization even further because what happiness might be to you is one thing but what happiness is to that character and and why that smile is like happiness to that character Mm. could be really exposing of like a part of them I think that's possibly more interesting than a a more precise uh simile maybe yeah that's a really good point actually because as much as the reader might not know what the author intended, the reader does know what the character is like. So when they think about this character and what happiness means to them, they're, they're going to have an idea of that. So, yeah, that's a really good point. I like that. I once, um, I once described writing poetry um, to someone, but I think it can apply to any, any writing. Mm-hmm. I once described it as being, like, as being like getting caught whispering to a friend at a dinner party and being asked to say what you were saying to them in front of everyone you're you're reworking that which is private and that which is personal and you're making it public for public consumption you're taking a bit of your soul and sort of packaging it up and saying mm. here have, yeah. have a bit of me yeah that's really lovely that's a really way good way to look at it yeah you could I- call it a metaphor <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Sauce everyone. (laughs) (laughs) There's um, a really good YouTuber called Shailen Wrights. um, And she basically just gives like different tips, often for short storytelling. But one thing she does is like she'll read through her work or as she's trying to write something and she'll make like a list of abstract words that aren't necessarily in the actual story but that fit the tone of the story mm. and it's incredible it's like it's like a, a visceral language for the story that you're writing do you know what I mean mm. and it's it's such a good um, exercise to do so I'd recommend checking um checking her out it's um know your story on a different level not just plot not just characterization but tone and I think sometimes that can really um I think it can really elevate your your storytelling and um, mm. whether in prose or poetry or, or anything really um, yeah I agree it's like That's making cool. a linguistic Pinterest board yeah right yes. mm. a mood board of words I love that yeah I like it that's a really cool exercise I think that brings us nicely to our final talking point of the day um good description invokes the senses i think um what are some techniques for invoking the senses without relying on the cliches that we've talked about earlier i think a really good thing is making the decision to be so definitive in Mm. your description that it it can still be disputed you know you don't have to agree that the hair is blonde whatever whatever but to be so specific Mm. 
it makes a stronger point do you know what I mean it's it's not enough to say the old house was musky you know that that's not enough it needs to be something um something more specific like musk and spearmint cling to the carpet or some you know something so much more specific I feel um is more interesting to read as a reader what do you guys think I, I I agree I think um it's almost like bottling aspects of a room what's the specific like sense that you want to open for mm. that room or what's the specific touches in that room that that build that room in a 3d way mm. like when you enter a room there are going to be things you pick up visually as a person or scent wise as a person or like the temperature in the room and there are going to be things you don't yeah. every room you go in you ignore things or you notice things what are those details that that make it real that make it believable that that do stay with you I think those are the things that can really like you say hone in on the details and make it really beautiful mm. yeah yeah I love that I think you guys have touched on exactly how to do that um there's this thing whenever you walk into someone else's house you know every house has a smell mm. And you don't see enough people writing about that because I think people forget about smell, you know? When you walk into a new place, it's going to smell different to everyone and there's going to be a slight... And sometimes there's nostalgia attached to that. Like, um, my partner's family have a, a, a holiday place and whenever we go there, it sort of, like, you know, it brings back that idea. And sometimes I'll just be walking around and sort of get that scent, whatever it is, mm and be like oh you know reminded of it and um yeah. yeah I think that's underutilized in in fiction definitely I think it's probably harder though I think that's why yeah. it's so underutilized because it is so much harder to write about a scent or touch or yeah part of the reason is because I think you don't often notice unless it's different yeah. like thinking about being in my house throughout this lockdown I'm not really sure when the last time was that I smelt like a different situation like yeah. when was the last yeah. time I like smelt a flower I like I couldn't describe to you what that feels like what that smells like right now yeah. or like those things that aren't familiar to me outside of like scent and smell I'm not really sure how I'd describe to you of the rustling of leaves right now yeah and I think it's yeah. it's those details and observation that I think yeah really help when coming to write it down later I was listening to a song earlier um called are you here by corin bailey ray which is like from one of my favorite albums of all time um and there's a line in that um you can't recall the taste of summer when you're in the depths of winter and it's like damn yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i love that song it's so beautiful um it's yeah even if you think you can recall what it's like to be too warm or what it's like to walk on sand or you know whatever you associate with summer you really can't and it's really that's why it's really difficult to try and write and describe because you are trying to remember at the same time like um for one of my ghostwriting projects recently um I had to write about like the hottest summer day you can imagine um you know for England which is like (laughs) 32 degrees or no I think we got up to 38 last summer which was just like ah um we can't cope with that in England we're not built for that um yeah and I was writing that over Christmas 
I think I finished oh that, that chapter on Christmas Eve. So it was really weird to be like around all the Christmas ornaments and the the jolly and you know, and then be writing about like a, a baking, melting summer's day. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I think in some ways it's how good we can recall it as well as how, mm. how well we can uh, I- describe it. I think that's the difficulty is you're remembering something and trying to recall it in words, but yeah. also making it still feel present and real and now, mm. which is really hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think we've touched on everything we wanted to for uh, this episode about description. Um, leave us a comment down below. What's some of your least favourite cliches that you've read in, in description? Um, do you like writing with metaphors? Do you like writing with similes? Um, make sure you leave us a like subscribe to us on youtube and follow us on social media Um, we also have a patreon which starts um, as little as one pound a month where you can get some exclusive voting rights um, some of our merchandise and extra clips thank you very much for listening to this episode Um, thank you very much to amy for joining us and um, (laughs) giving us her opinions on description make sure to go and check out her uh, website and instagram Um, and we'll see you in our next episode.